Ignite your curiosity with Austin next. We're watching Austin transform from a thriving ecosystem into a global superstar. With our host, Jason Scharf, we aspire to better comprehend the true nature of innovation. Together, we will uncover what makes a successful ecosystem and navigate the technologies shaping our future. Now let's dive into what's next. Welcome to another installment of our Austin Next Spotlight series. In this episode, we're joined by Doug Stokely, co-founder and president of ClearCam. This will be a first for Austin Next. Not only are we going to hear about who ClearCam is, what they do, we're going to be getting an exclusive on some funding news the company has to share. But we're going to get to that. First, Doug, welcome to Austin Next. Thank you, Jason. All right, let's start off with what is ClearCam and what is the problem that you guys are out there solving? There are four co-founders at ClearCam. Back in 2016, uh, Dr. John Eaker is a general surgeon at the Dell Seton Medical Center, at the time BRAC as well. He came into a biodesign class that was being hosted by James Tunnel and by Professor Chris Rylander at the UT School of Engineering. And, and this is a biodesign class where clinicians and students discover problems in the OR and then work to solve them. And he brought the idea and the frustration that he and many others have around the fact that when they do minimally invasive surgery, laparoscopic surgery, the camera gets dirty constantly. You can imagine the human body is an inhospitable place. <laughs> There's uh, all sorts of debris that can get on a camera that's inside the human body in small spaces. And the gold standard is to remove that camera, interrupt the surgery, take the camera out of the body, lose your visual field, clean it externally, put it back into the body, hopefully not soiling it again, and then find your spot and resume your surgery. And it kills surgical momentum. So John came to the class and he said, hey, you smart engineers, I would love someone to solve this problem. And there was a guy in the audience named Chris Idelson who was doing his PhD. And he said, I, I can solve this and started working on a solution for John. And it was in Chris Rylander's lab. So I was an advisor at the Innovation uh, Center at the University of Texas School of Engineering. And I uh, was put in contact with John and Chris and Chris and met with Rylander and loved stuff and really sort of honed in on this product as something that we should really work on. John and I met, we formed a company and we started that way. And so the four of us co-founded the company in January of 2018. And here we are in, you know, April of 2023 and we've got 1600 cases in humans and we're about to launch our next or our improved version of our original scope. So how are you solving it? So what we do is we make a windshield wiper for a laparoscope. I love it. Simple, straightforward. So, you know, <laughs> the problem I described to you is for people who are non-medical even, you kind of look at it and go, what? Like, really? People like these surgeons operate, the, the literature shows that surgeons operate with an obscured field of vision in laparoscopic surgery over 40% of the time. Oh, my God. Over 40% of the time, they're operating on people they can't see clearly. Now, if anyone lives in the Northeast, like I do, did originally, I'm from Toronto, you know, you get in your car on a winter's day and it's six in the morning and you've got to get to work and you don't have time to defrost your windshield and you get a little tiny hole up in the corner or something, you sort of drive with your head, you know, in a strange position looking out of a little tiny circle because, you know, you don't have the time, patience or desire to clean it. I mean, that's kind of what goes on. Uh, none of us would drive our car without windshield wipers, yet surgeons are constantly performing surgery with compromised vision. So we thought that was an important problem to solve, and we did. We, we have a great solution for it. So is, is this your first startup? 
Uh, my personal, no, I've done another startup in an adjacent industry. It's my first medical one though. Um, you know, my background is uh, in semiconductors, computer chips and computer peripherals. You know, I was in that industry for nearly 25 years. I retired from tech in 2017 and, and then found medical and that's where I am. So why for you, why was this ClearCam the one to kind of make the jump and get back into startups? Yeah, you know, it's a really cool story. So Bob Metcalf and Louise Epstein, who were running the Texas Innovation Center at the time, I came on board as an entrepreneurial advisor and I was looking at a whole bunch of different stuff at UT and I still do. I'm, I'm involved in a wide range of advisory roles at UT. What I liked about this one, Jason, is, you know, complex things are really fun to solve and no one's been able to solve this problem. What's beautiful is when you can solve a complex problem with a simple solution, right? And what was so nice, you know, Jensen Wong, who's the founder of NVIDIA, used to just constantly berate us all the time for the many years I was there. You know what we like to do? We like to solve problems that are hard to solve, but easy to say, right? Easy to say, hard to solve. Hey, dirty windshield wiper. We've got a windshield wiper for a laparoscope. It turns out that's really hard to do. We sought to do that. And it had such a bright line to answer your question about about why this product. It was a simple solution. It was mechanical. It was not chemical. There's no chemistry. There was no energy attached to it. It was disposable, simple elements of production and effective. And there was a very bright line, in my opinion, between the value proposition of this device and an end market. So that was the, that was the last piece. If you look at the traditional narrative of Austin, and I think this is changing, you don't necessarily say med device, you know, biohealth. Again, I, I definitely think that narrative is changing. So when ClearCam spun out of UT, why locate in Austin? Why not go over to Houston or the Bay or San Diego? What was, what was the kind of the driver to say, no, we're, we're definitely staying here? Well, I think that there were a couple of reasons. I think the first reason is that we were born here in Austin, Texas. The idea was born here. We were born in the 40 acres. We, you know, burnt orange running through the company's veins. But we also recognized that we needed to, and this was something that I brought to the table early, which was that we needed to achieve exit velocity from the, from the UT system. In order for us to be successful as a commercial enterprise and something that was going to go and operate successfully in the market, we needed to put ourselves in a position where we weren't in a university or an academic environment. We were off campus and we were, we were able to freely explore the technology and the product. That's not to say that we tried to distance ourselves from UT in any meaningful way outside of that. We just felt like it was important to achieve exit velocity from this particular planet we call the University of Texas at Austin and that gravitational force and go explore on our own. And, and we did that. So we still wanted to be close, though. We still wanted to take advantage of the university's support and our networks there. And so that was important. We also all love Austin, Texas. I moved to Austin in 2000. I've been here for 23 years. It's definitely home for me. John has been in Austin since the 80s and the 90s. You know, Chris Rylander is, is, is one of many Rylanders that have gone through the ranks at UT Academia uh, at the School of Engineering. And, you know, Chris Adelson had come and made his home here and we had a really great team. This is where we felt we could make a difference. So we decided to stay. And it's really that simple. So you spun out, you're definitely trucking along and the company's doing well and now you're raising a little bit of money. There's some uh, some news you you want to announce? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny when you say it out loud, it's always interesting, especially any entrepreneurs that are listening right now understand exactly 
the way I feel and the way my co-founders feel. Yeah, we're happy. We're just closing our Seed Series 3 round. And that round is going to come in at slightly over $4 million with a post-money valuation of $18.5 million. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And what capped it off, was really exciting about it, is that the University of Texas Seed Fund made their second placement in their $10 million seed fund, and they placed a $250,000 investment with ClearCam. So not only how are we sort of based in the, born and raised in the 40 acres, but our, I like to think of it as our parents gave us a loan for our house. You know, It's a nice arrangement. And, and they're going to be expecting some interest on that, you know. They are. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not a grant. But it's been great. And, you know, Christine Dixon-Thiesing and the whole Discovery to Impact team and their organization, David and, and the group have been wonderful to work with. And the support has been outstanding. We're, we're humbled by the – we really are humbled by the gesture and the faith that the university has put into us. We're very appreciative. No, that's great. And I think this, the seed fund is a really interesting and new dynamic that it adds to the ecosystem – so now you've got $4 million. What happens next? What's next for ClearCam? What does that allow you guys to do? What's the next stage look like? Yeah, obviously we're excited. You know, this is not an easy climate to raise money in, and this raise took a while. So I am not going to make it seem like it was easy. For my fellow entrepreneurs out there who are raising, I feel the pain in the market right now, but there is capital out there for good ideas. And, and so we're pleased with that. What are we going to do? Well, we're going to lean into commercialization. So basically, 2021 was our year to clinically explore the product. We launched it. It was in market. We started to understand how it was going to go into hospitals, how you sell into hospitals with this particular product, and also how you find out what the warts on your product are, what works, what doesn't. You know, The version one of anything is always challenging. So then 2022, we, we figured that out. We launched some improvements on the product. And we really started to try to get into the hands of more surgeons and start to look at commercial viability. What's the price point going to be? Are we going to be able to support that price point? Are there reorders? We kind of figured that out. And the back half of 2023 is 2022 and into 2023 is really putting our foot on the gas with commercialization and selling it. So this funding is going to allow us to hire some more salespeople, uh, lean in on marketing more, which we've done absolutely none, no marketing really to speak of at all. It's going to allow us also to continue our R&D plans and increase manufacturing. You know, we're not a software product. We build everything here in Austin, Texas. Mainstream Medical is our partner. Great, great partners of ours. You know, we have to buy stuff to build these things, you know, plastic and metal and silicon and all that stuff. Well, it's crazy. You know, what do you do? What are you doing there? Yeah, exactly. And then we're also flushing out our IP portfolio, which we're really proud of. You know, we have almost 20 approved patents now in our company, which if you spend time around startups, that's a significant patent portfolio approved. We've nationalized outside the US. And so we've got the financial obligation there of protecting our product in a global environment as well as just here in the United States. So, you know, we look at all that, but I'm excited because, you know, we are also exploring the world of robotics and we're exploring the world of robotic surgery. And we're exploring the world of improved visualization on other platforms. You know, the visualization platforms that are available to surgeons now, it, they have a wide range of choices from 3D laparoscopic scopes, straight sticks, to articulating robots, to your standard lap laparoscopy, to all the different sort of flavors that sit within the different specialties, you know, for thoracic surgery and pelvic surgeries. So, you know, we have a lot of problems that we can solve in visualization. So we're exploring those things. 
No, it's great. And it sounds like for everyone listening that, you know, ClearCam is going to be hiring now for some sales reps. So <laughs> you're going to get a few resumes coming in, you know, now that you got the money, so, it's yeah. going to be spending rather quickly. So uh, I think that's going to be great. And But no, I think that this is this is one of those things that I think we, as you said, it's, it's a tough environment and it's congratulations on the raise and, you know, especially now getting a product out into market and into people's hands and sold. It's as we kind of build these next generations of companies, it's really what Austin is going to be all about. So thanks for sharing the news with us on Austin X and our audience and Doug and uh, all the rest of the team at ClearCam. Wish you guys nothing but success. Thanks, Jason. And thanks for all you're doing with your podcast and the good work you're doing with the Central Texas and Austin regions. I know that I'm, for one, very grateful that you're doing it. So thanks very much. Thanks for having us. So what's next, Austin? We're glad you've joined us on this journey. Please subscribe at your favorite podcast catcher Leave us a review and let your colleagues know about us. This will help us grow the podcast and continue bringing you unique interviews and insights. Thanks again for listening and see you soon.